Rejoice, Bachelor Nation. Bachelor Party is the podcast for you. Juliet Lippman is here to break down every detail and piece of drama from the latest episode of the Bachelor franchise. Joined by fellow superfans, members of Bachelor Nation, and Ringer colleagues, this is the one-stop shop for all your Bachelor needs. Check out Bachelor Party on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. And welcome to Ringer Dish, the Ringer's primary podcast feed for all things pop culture and entertainment. I'm Kate Hallowell, and today we are here to celebrate just a monumental anniversary. It has been 10 years since the official release of the debut single by perhaps my generation's greatest boy band. Maybe up for debate, maybe not. But I'm talking about What Makes You Beautiful by One Direction, which came out in September of 2011. It's been 10 years. And to ring in this anniversary, I had to phone a friend. I had to call in an expert from all the way across the pond. Uh, So joining me on today's special one-off One Direction episode is radio host, celebrity interviewer extraordinaire, host of the Fandemics podcast, and one of my best personal internet friends, Lucy Ford. Lucy, welcome to Ring Your Dish. Yay! I am so happy to be here. Representing the UK. Yes. This podcast just feels like a long time coming. Very exciting. I know, right? Uh, Lucy and I spend most days just texting about like any number of celebrity boys. So to like have an excuse (laughs) to do this on work time is really exciting. (laughs) It's a real next step for us. It's amazing. Not that it's ever stopped us before, but it's official now. So we're here to talk about specifically One Direction today. We're just going to celebrate just all things 1D. And again, like hardcore directioners like ourselves may be thinking, wait, like I remember the 10 year anniversary of One Direction. It was last year. The What Makes You Beautiful music video debuted in August. Like, what are you guys doing? Listen, this official single release was in September of 2011. 
it's September. We missed August and we wanted to do this podcast. So that's what we're tying this podcast to. Just let it go. Go with it. It's fine. Uh, and enjoy the One Direction vibes. Okay. So with that out of the way, we have chosen to celebrate this occasion by utilizing just like a classic ringer podcasting format, which is top fives. So Lucy and I combed through One Direction's entire discography. Uh, apologies to our neighbors. And we've narrowed down our personal top five favorite songs ever. We have one crossover. We will cross that bridge when we get to it. But before we get to the nitty gritty of our choices, Lucy, I want to discuss like our personal history as directioners, just so the listeners know where we're coming from. So obviously we experienced this band in very different ways due to our geographical dif- like differences. So just how and when did you get into One Direction originally? Like, give me like your brief personal One Direction history. So I'm British. So I don't know if anyone are, are noticed. <laughs> yes. Um, so I became a fan of One Direction from the X Factor. So I don't know how big the X Factor or that series or anything sort of translated across the pond. But for us, X Factor at that time especially was like the biggest. It was so omnipresent in like culture and television. And it was just like the landmark TV moment of the year, every year. And I do feel like the 2010 series was its apex year and then it sort of has dipped off and now it's no more but it was the first series that I really ever watched in its entirety and it was just a great series because it had a really good collection of like joke contestants and then contestants that have gone on to have like amazing sort of like culture shifting careers one of them of course being One Direction so yeah I I watched their entire formation and sort of inception and they came third and then they sort of disappeared. Like you said, like they did wait a while before they released a single all together. And it was kind of obvious they were going to do something, but no one really knew because we just didn't know as much back then. And yeah, then when, when What Makes You Beautiful came out, huge fan. And yeah, I actually think that my One Direction fandom was very low key. I wasn't an online fan at that point. So it was very much like a personal thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think it was it was very simmering under the surface the whole time I was there. I was 18 when the X Factor series was on. So I was maybe like a little bit older than their target demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been like a very strong simmering. It was a strong simmering love the whole time that they were together. Got it. Yeah. When would you say it peaked? Like now we're online fans of other groups and yeah. also One Direction, like in hindsight, would you say like there was a specific album, a specific era, maybe now that they're solo artists? Like when would you say you're at your like peak One Direction fandom? I actually think it was when they went solo that it made me really appreciate the band. And that makes it sound like I hate them solo. <laughs> I don't. I, I like them all solo in different ways. And so it sort of made me like, oh, wow, they're such different artists. Like how did they exist in a band together? And then it sort of has made me go back and listen to it a little bit more. I suppose my peak when they were together was when I was at university. And I guess that must have been, the album must have been like Midnight Memories Mm. or maybe four. I'm aging myself now. I can't remember. (laughs) But I lived with- We can't escape that on this podcast. I know. (laughs) I lived with really, I lived with a really good group of girls who sort of like embraced their cringe. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like now it's a bit cooler to enjoy things that like seem- uncool but at the time it was very much like still a bit taboo to embrace cringe but they really did so yeah I guess it was that album yeah no Midnight Memories I think was the album yeah that was um that's great 
I love it. Yeah. Now we're definitely embracing cringe since we're doing this on a public oh, platform. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I think I'm think i like 90% cringe right. at this point. That's our so personal brand who, now. It's fine. <laughs> it's who I am. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I also, I was going to say that I was also on sort of the older end of the, the stan range, but I actually think I was actually pretty firmly in the demographic. So I obviously, you know, geographically, I was in Indiana, like kind of in the middle of the Midwest, like not, didn't watch the X factor was aware of them, like was aware of the craze. But I remember I was working, I think I was 17. I want to say I was 16, but I was 17. Uh, and I was working in high school in like a concession stand at like a baseball field. And it was right when one thing came out, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. But I worked with this girl who was a huge Directioner and like a huge Nile fan. And she would just come into work and talk my ear off about One Direction. And I'd be like, girl, like, I'm glad you're happy, but like, they're not for me. And she'd be like, seriously, just like go watch their videos, watch like their funny. They used to do those like funny video diaries and stuff. And I'd be like, oh, fine. Like, okay. So I finally one week, like went home, watched, I think it was like right when one thing came out. I watched that. I went back and watched the whole catalog, all of the funny videos they used to do. And I remember I came into the, the concession stand the week after and was like, I'm in, like, I get it. <laughs> and we just like <laughs> spent the rest of like our time together, just like talking about One Direction nonstop. So I would say like end of my high school career was when I like really, really got into them, which was right around, I think, Take Me Home was like the first peak of my fandom. And then I really kind of fell off at the beginning of college. And then at the end of college, kind of right before it all fell apart was when I kind of got back into them. And it's kind of been a roller coaster. Now, also, I agree, now that they're solo artists, it is more fun to go back now that you can be a fan of each one individually and sort of see their strengths. Then looking at them together, I think it's really fun. So I do want to get into our top fives because I know we're going to go long. And this is the song that I just mentioned. I'm going to start with mine just because it segues into what I just said. My number five top favorite One Direction song is One Thing from the album Up All Night. This was their third single and they started with What Makes You Beautiful, which is funny because it's not on either of our lists, but that's why we're here, but it's fine. Then they did Gotta Be You, which was like meh, stinker in my opinion. And then they came back with One Thing and it just it just brought me in all the way. Are you a One Thing fan at all? Um, yeah, so I was going to say actually that I saw your list when I was creating my list and right. I was like, I need to edit my list because <laughs> we're going to come across as the same person. Because one thing is, I think not even one of my favorite One Direction songs. Like, I think it's one of my favorite songs of all time. It is Incredible. the ultimate karaoke song. So I'm all, yeah, I, but I was going to let you go on it because mm-hmm. I just agree with it all. But yes, I I love one thing. I'm so, so happy. Much. This is why we're on this podcast because our brains are just equally embarrassing. <laughs> um, so yeah, just a perfect pop song. It's so catchy. It's yes. so cute. Incredibly vague lyrics as One Direction does like no one else. It's like what makes you beautiful. Every girl can be like, yes, I have got that one thing. You know, like they are talking was, about me. <laughs> you know, do you remember that Bo Burnham sketch that's like, about how like young male pop stars basically are so vague in their songs to be the <laughs> ultimate projection of like fantasy. I love my baby and you know I couldn't live without her. But now I need to make every girl think the songs about her just to make sure that they spread it like the plague. So I describe my dream girl as really, really vague. 
that is the peak song for it. Exactly, exactly. And it's just the perfect, it's the perfect sort of introduction. And it was the perfect introduction for me. I remember I watched this music video and it was the music video, I think, that really dragged me in. Because first of all, it's so British in such... It is... Yes, Such it is a way, quintessentially British. Yes, especially for someone who doesn't know anything about the UK. So like this like 17-year-old girl in Indiana being like, wow, they're on this red bus. They're in their suspenders. They're traveling around London. They're singing. They're their- wearing tweed. Right. <laughs> it's amazing. It was everything I wanted. It's the London that I was promised that I would be living in <laughs> um, until I moved to London. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, this is like two percent of like the whole of the city is what they're navigating in it right like where where are the boys but it's very good video like it it does what it needs to do it absolutely does and they're like very they're at peak like cute dapper wholesome they're just cavorting around london loved the stereotypical britishness of it also my first favorite one direction boy was louis i was like a strong louis girl because he was the funny one i feel like people who are really who don't really know one direction like don't really know the early days he was like the comedic talent and for some reason I was so into that and he is so cute in this video he's got his little swooshy hair and his little suspenders and his little collar and I was just all in I was all in on him and I was all in on One Direction after this music video that was it yeah I was Louis as well Louis was my favorite again we're the same person I feel like we <laughs> love Louis and now we're Harry we are I would say are Harry st- Harry biased strong, <laughs> strong Harry girls um but yes. yeah I uh it was just great it's a perfect introduction like if you're sh- someone who has never heard of One Direction and was like how did they start like what was the appeal I feel like you could show them the one thing video and be like this was it this was what millions of 16 year old girls wanted from a boy band and they gave it to us yeah All right. What is your number five favorite One Direction song? Okay. My number five is just like an album track from Take Me Home. It's called Rock Me. It samples We Will Rock You by Queen. And I want to disclose that I don't think this is a great song. And I actually don't think this is one of their best songs by A Country (laughs) Mile. But when I was narrowing down this list, I was like, I have to work from some criteria. Otherwise, it's just too far reaching. So I went with like karaoke songs and nostalgia and rock me. When I was at university, it was like during my dissertation and I was so stressed all the time. And all I wanted to do and all I would do to get out my stress is I would go outside and sit in my car and I would blast music and scream along to these songs to just like get out my stress. And there was like a collection of songs that I would sing. And one of them was Rock Me by One Direction because <laughs> it has a really satisfying build in the chorus. That's the only way I can describe it. Like it really like gets going in the chorus and like you can scream so loud to it. So apologies to my neighbours this morning, but also apologies to my neighbours 10 years ago when I was at university <laughs> screaming in my like very rubbish car that was not soundproof at all. But yeah, I feel like from from a nostalgia point of view, Rock Me just really like gets into my bones is the only way I can describe it. I think this was one of the first CDs I bought because this was like the first album that came out after I got into them. And I remember like my first car in high school, this was like the only CD in the glove compartment. Something about it is just like a car album and yes, a car song. it's a car album. <laughs> yeah, it is. The whole chorus is just like rock me, yeah. Like that is made yeah, for Yeah, and then it like and then it gets car. faster and faster and louder and louder and so like 
it was just so satisfying when I was like so stressed to just get out. It was so, it was just a very like big moment of catharsis was uh, Rock Me. Yeah, again, I don't actually think this is one of their best songs. It just really fit the bill. So we're, we're covering a range. in me. Yeah, yes. absolutely. The songs have different loves for different reasons. Of but course. I mean, it's cheesy that it samples We Will Rock You because I feel like that's just so overdone at this point. And it was overdone at that point. Yeah. <laughs> but um of of all the samples, it's a good one, I think. So, it works. Yeah. It does. It works. Yeah. And listen, these aren't the all-time best One Direction songs. These are our favorite One Direction songs. Our so favorites. This yes. is our podcast. No one can fight us. It's personal <laughs> yeah. preference. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. My number four favorite song is Steal My Girl from the album Four. Full disclosure, a lot of picks from four on this podcast. <laughs> so uh, if you have a problem with the album four, I don't know. This may not be the one for you. However, absolutely iconic intro on Steal My Girl. The ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. That'll get stuck in your head for weeks. Just it never leaves. And it also comes back in the chorus, obviously, in the form of I think Niall just going na 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 forever. Which again, like you never can do without a good na 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 in your chorus. It's very journey, like very 80s arena rock, uh, which is going to be kind of a through line for some of my favorites here. But I think it is just an all time One Direction earworm. It's got that great Harry chorus, the great Nile na na na's and got the great Zane ad libs at the end. He just just goes off, does his own thing for what it's worth. I will say an all time bad One Direction music video. Terrible, terrible stuff. Danny DeVito's there for some reason. There's like mild cultural appropriation, terrible costuming. They're in the desert. I don't know why. The only saving grace. This is when they were all <laughs> firmly in their own styles as well. So they don't exactly. really make sense visually all together. No. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Harry's got like a trench coat on in the desert. He's long hair, which mm-hmm. I mean, I love it, but it just, there's no cohesion between right. them. Yeah. It's a very, video. very disjointed music video. Very confusing. But incredible song and also really good in like live videos. Song just like made for a stadium. It makes me really sad that I never saw them in concert because it's just made for an arena. And also shout out to Louie and Liam who also helped write this one. So just a personal oh. favorite. Just so catchy. Such an earworm. And you know, I don't always love their like radio hits, but this one, this one I can like vibe with forever. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. Again, it was going to also maybe be in my top five, but I eked we have, it out. We had a lot ones. of a lot of possible overlap, but yes, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fine. All right, hit me with your number four. My number four is "Kiss You." Tell me, girl, if every time we which was one of their singles, I've made it into singles territory now. Again. Really fantastic karaoke song. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Arguably easier to sing than one thing. Mm -hmm. So that is good for everyone. It's an equal opportunity karaoke song. And also it's one that is a hit every time, even if people don't like One Direction. It's a crowd pleaser. Um, Yep. It is a crowd pleaser. It's just so fun. It's just such a fun song. And also I... What I'm like now as well, I'm very swayed by music videos. If I Mm -hmm. love a music video, I will most likely love a song. And the video for Kiss You is so fun. Like, it's like what you said about sort of their personalities. This felt like their most 
fun music video. It's them doing sort of skits and they're pretending to be in a jail and then they're like on fake surfboards and on fake mopeds and they're sort of like having a good time together, which is what I require in a boy band. Yes. <laughs> it's just like the 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 friendship of it all. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like the perfect cocktail of like fun song, fun video, fun boys. And yeah, it just makes me happy every time I hear it. I totally agree. This was also, this was like the lead single, I think from Take Me Home when the album yes. released. And I also, again, like all of my very vivid One Direction high school memories are from the Take Me Home era. And I remember being on YouTube and they would drop like the teasers for this with like the countdown clock. And it was like the first like music video rollout that I remember being like absolutely riveted by and like waiting for and like just these little hints and teasers and everything. And then the video came out and like, it was fun and it was cute, but also like they're shirtless for one of the scenes. They're like on surfboards and some of them had like new tattoos. And again, like they were like teenagers still like barely in their twenties. I don't know what I was excited by, but for like 17 year old me, I was like, Oh my God, like all five of them out here. in Harry showed off his four nipples. He's got four nipples. (laughs) I forgot about that. Oh my God. That was huge. That was a huge deal. And he like, he like showed them and like, like covered them up. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Wow. So that was fun. a real blast from the past just now. Uh, <laughs> that is so the funny. The full nipple agenda is always very front and center in my mind. Oh so. my God. I had totally forgotten about that. Yes. He does cover <laughs> them up. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. They are like our shirtless. You got all, you know, however many 22 nipples on display. Uh, and <laughs> or no 12. Um, 12. and yeah, you're right. The music video was so fun and it was just like a fun, era I think for them maybe not their strongest album but the era of Take Me Home in general I think was was really fun yeah for sure all right my number three is Strong from Midnight Memories I think this is my only, maybe both of our only Midnight Memories pick. However, there are a lot of great songs on Midnight Memories that I thought about. I love Diana. Uh, I love Little White Lies. Um, I was going to pick Diana because I, Diana. I think it's very bold to sing a song with a name in it. And I think Always. if you were called Diana and you were a 1D fan, you were living your best life. You know, they've never been afraid of that. Uh, we got yeah, Diana. They have, a, they have another one called Olivia as well. Olivia. It's like, okay, Which guys, we'll take the sun. Has taken on new meaning uh, in recent months. Um, but yeah, I went with Strong. Again, like I've, I'm re- realizing that all of my like favorite One Direction songs fit into this sort of classic pop rock, arena rock category that I'm just a sucker for. Um, and this is also written de- written in part by Louie, who really like holds down the chorus here. But I want to specifically highlight the bridge of the song, which is a Zayn Malik production. And which, as it so often is in the One Direction songs, just give the bridge to Zayn, let him do his thing. But he just gets this great, like very soaring solo. So baby, I appreciate it more in retrospect because as we know in 2015, tragically Zayn Malik left One Direction really in the middle of their on the road again tour. And I remember watching concert videos from the second half of the tour, I think when I was in college and they had to fill in for Zayn and they did a great job. You know, all the boys can sing, especially Harry. And he took Zayn's bridge, Zayn's solo during the song. And there are all these videos where it's like, Harry does Zane's bridge. Harry does the bridge and strong. And like, he crushes it. He's great. He's got the chops. But if you go back and watch Zane do it, there's just, it's just not the same. And I'm speaking like as a hardcore Harry girl, 
when Harry does it, he is like giving it his all. He's like, here we go. I'm putting all of my vocal ability into this moment. And when Zane sings this bridge, it is a walk in the park. It's just like another day for Zane Malik. He's ad-libbing. He's messing around. He's like throwing in note changes for no reason, just because he's bored, like probably because he hates his life in retrospect. But he's just <laughs> like, he's just having fun with it because it's just he, his vocal ability is so high and so impressive. And it just is a bittersweet favorite because I think it just lost a lot in live performances when Zane left uh, and listening yeah. to it now. It's like, damn, he just really added a lot to this group and a lot to this song. And I, again, Harry crushes it. Everyone's great. Sounds great even after he left, but it's just not the same. And it makes me appreciate Zane more in hindsight. I do think Zane is, although he's so popular, I do think he was an underappreciated member mm-hmm. for actually just how like technically proficient he was. Yes. Sort of like how much he brought vocally like you said like he has this really unique tone to his voice and just I mean the ability to just do runs like it's nobody's business right very effortless like you get yeah I watched so I think like live performance videos were always my favorite way to kind of consume One Direction content you know you got just like the fun concerts and the the throwing of the water and the long hair and all of it and so I've for some reason watched so many of those but they're just always working really hard and you just always get the sense that Zane's just like it's not that he's not working hard. It's that he doesn't have to work as hard vocally. Like he just has it, you know? Yeah. Like it's just, he's like, I can do this in my sleep. Uh, and he's yeah. great. He's just so good. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. 
car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, hit me with your number three. Uh, my number three is a very popular, I think, choice. It's Night Changes from Four. Does it ever drive you crazy? Just how fast the night changes. Apologies, I am a four person from now on in the list. <laughs> um, but yeah, Night Changes. Like I said earlier, I am very swayed by music videos. So... Night Changes has the most iconic music video of all time, I think. It's let's just, just so let's just talk about it now. We were going to talk music videos later, but let's just yeah. work it in now. Is this the best One Direction music video? Yes. So again, later on in the list, we've chosen our favorite uh, <laughs> uh, music videos. And I was like, damn it, Kate chose mine. I can't do the same one again. <laughs> um, it is Night Changes because it is the literal fanfic YN fantasy. Exactly. And it's done so well. Like it's so cheesy. It's so silly, but it's just perfect and like hilarious. Like it's just, it's so well done. Yeah. It's like, if you haven't seen, it's sort of a first person camera shot of you as if you were on a, on various dates with members of One Direction that are sort of like going well and then don't go well and then go well again. It's It literally is fanfic. Like you go it to is. an ice rink with Harry Styles. And so like, well, I can't remember if that's his one, but we go to like a fancy restaurant with Zayn. But aside from the video, which is the best One Direction video of all time and maybe the best video of all time, um, <laughs> it's just such a beautiful song. Like it's so good. I don't tend to love their slower songs in general just because I'm a bit of a pop, like a poppy fiend, but this is such a like sweet and small song in a way. Like I can't explain it any other way. And they all sound really great in it. Harry, I think especially sounds so good in this song. Mm -hmm. He does sound great in like all of them, but this one, especially I think his vocal tone like really suits it. And yeah, it's just, it's having its viral moment again on TikTok this year. It's just one of those songs that's going to stand the test of time. It does. It has become a TikTok trend again. And you're right. I love the music video. Just like it takes the parasocial relationship in the funniest way. And just it took from fan fiction, made it into a music video uh, and then kind of turned it on its head at the end, which is the funniest part. But it is it's so great. It is their best video. I totally agree. Um, And this song really grew on me. I didn't love the song when it first came out. And somehow over the years, it has become one of my favorites also. It's a grower. It is a grower of a song. And I think I do sort of wonder with me, like, if would I given it more of a, would I still given it a chance if I didn't love the video as much because I did just watch the video loads? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not sure. I think it really like goes hand in hand with that video, which is why it's so like, it's so omnipresent in my head. But yeah, I do think it's like the fact that it is going viral in 2021 is like, it's just one of those songs that is always sort of timeless in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to skip my number two because it is your number one. Uh, so we can discuss it in a moment. Why don't you give me your number two so then we can get into our tops? Okay, so my number two and my number one are songs that I listen to every single day of my life. Um, <laughs> it's not an exaggeration. That is what you <laughs> do. A- your listening habits are very consistent. Yes. yes. What, so what it is is I have one playlist that I add to and take away from. Um, it's been the same playlist for about eight years and some of them have stayed in it for the whole time. Some of them only last a few months. Incredible. Fireproof from the album four has stayed in it since it went into the playlist. And I do just listen to this place all the time. And I often wonder, I'm like, why am I so bored of my music? And it's because I'm listening to the same songs <laughs> that I have for almost a decade. But I never really do get bored of Fireproof. Nobody knows you, baby. 
Yeah, it's from Four. It's not a single. It's just an album song. And the harmonies in it are so good. I think that One Direction didn't utilize their harmonies enough. They have a very lovely harmonizing like ability between them. And it's really present in this song. And also I would like to shout out Niall in this song because his voice Absolutely. is so pretty in it. And Niall, again, I think... It has a very underrated vocal tone, which I'm very happy has come out in his solo work. Like Niall's solo work, I think, is some of my favorite solo stuff from from them. But he just sounds great in Fireproof. And he does. Yeah. He was I, I really, just, I never get bored. He was really thriving during this era. He really like had yeah. his guitar. He had his, you know, new yes, vocal exactly. lessons. Uh, and he was just in his bag incredible stuff from Niall during yeah. four. <laughs> um, I love, I love fireproof as well. Yeah. Um, it's part of just an incredible run and we're going to talk about four when we get to albums, but there's just a run on four it starts out. Let me just, let me just read off this track list. Steal my girl, ready to run where do broken hearts go 18 girl almighty fool's gold night changes, no control fireproof. Those are the first nine songs on this album and we'll t- we're going to talk about the later part of the album later. It's just, and I think fireproof actually, when I first got into this album and like really was listening to it, I'm one of those people who just listen to albums straight through over and over and fireproof at first kind of got lost for me because I was so into the whole album. I wasn't really like picking out individual songs and I think it's so cohesive that it almost can be hard to like pick out little individual favorites. But over time, and I think also once I saw them perform it online in concerts, they also clearly love Fireproof. Uh, And it's just, it's another crowd pleaser. And it's another fan favorite, which the songs that the fans have decided they're obsessed with, the B-sides that fans have decided they're obsessed with over time, in One Direction fandom, I think are better than like any other fandom I can think of. Like somehow, the One Direction fans have fixated on actually what is actually their best songs and that's not always the case they have really it's like the fandom has sort of been like like they're like archaeologists like digging and digging <laughs> to find like the, the the best one do you know what I mean <laughs> like yeah there, there's almost no pretense to it it's like no we're actually just all we're determined to do is find the best ones there's no weird like well this was the most popular blah blah, blah. so it's like right. this is the best no yeah one, no one's and out I, here being like actually what makes you beautiful is their best song no one is out yeah. here defending some of their worst ones like we're actually like no this this one b-side on this one album is actually their best work yes totally agree which brings me to our, my number one and your number one, which are, again, both from this album, both very cohesively, thematically uh, connected to Fireproof and the other songs that we've talked about from Four. My number one favorite One Direction song is Where Do Broken Hearts Go? from Four. Trying to find you, but I just Such a good choice. Such a good choice. So good. I love this song. And I want to shout out Ringer fact checker Juliana Ress, who when I searched One Direction songs ranked, because I just wanted to see like what the world thought about some of these choices that I felt strongly about personally. On the first page of Google search, Juliana's list from uh, several years ago that she wrote on Medium, where she ranked every single One Direction song, came up. Uh, And so I was slacking her at it. I was like, Juliana, your SEO is extremely strong. And your list just came (laughs) up on my Google search. Uh, And her number one choice, as well as my number one choice, is Where Do Broken Hearts Go? So Ringer Solidarity. 
And the song is just another stadium banger. It is written. You in love part, a stadium banger. I it's do. really funny. I do. <laughs> uh, it's written in part by Harry Styles. And side note, really hopeful that someday he will perform this uh, solo. He's performed several of his songs that he co-wrote from One Direction solo, which again, we'll talk about again in a minute when we get to your number one. But where Broken Hearts go, first of all, Niall kicks it off. Another great Niall moment. He gets the whole first verse. He's got a guitar. He's just thriving. And, you know, he just bops around. He's living his best life, uh, flexing his vocals. And um, it goes from him into Zane, who's also great. And then Harry gets the bridge in this one. He got it from the beginning. He didn't take it from Zane. Um, and it's another great bridge. He crushes it. He's got the chops. He's always had the chops. And it's not the most complex song. You know, a lot of repeating lines, a lot of questions about where do broken hearts go, but it works. <laughs> it works. It's another 80s throwback. Um, it's my personal favorite. And I just really want Harry to bring it out on tour at some point or somebody soon. Niall could do it. Yeah. Repetition works though. Let's be honest. I, if one line works and it's a banger, then that's that's all I need. Say it 50 more times. Like what else are we doing here? You know, it's going to hit the same. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. I love your number one for very similar reasons. So let's just get into it. My number one, your number two mm-hmm. is Stockholm Syndrome <laughs> from the album four. The fan favorite, like the One Direction yeah. fan favorite song, I would say. Yeah. And I feel like it's a really accidental fan favorite because like I said, I was never sort of embedded in fan communities very much. Like I only, you know, I feel like very late I became an online fan. So I was sort of discovering these things myself in my own time. Mm-hmm. And it is really funny how many people love Stock- Stockholm Syndrome. It's like, it feels like it's not swayed in any way. It's just like naturally people just are to it. It happened. Yeah. We, we could make a Stockholm Syndrome joke here, but we can let it go. Yeah, literally. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say. Um, it's become, for me anyway, it's become a meme about my life, but also like, it's so true. I will always bring a conversation around to Stockholm Syndrome. Like Fireproof, I listen to it every day because it's in the same playlist. I think it was added around the same time, obviously, same album. And it's just like, I can't even explain why it's so good. It just is co-written by Harry. He has performed it solo multiple times and it was, um, it's been great every time. But there is something so great about all their voices together mm-hmm. in this song. And uh, yeah, I don't know what it is about it because I've played it for my my family before um, as I force them to <laughs> consume my interests and they don't think it's very good. They, they're like, oh, it doesn't have the sort of like punch of other songs. And I was like, maybe that's why it's so good though. Like it has like a, a different energy to it. Um, it's but yeah, subtle. I just, it's subtle. It's a subtle. The bop. beat, the beat is different from a lot of the things that they yeah. have on four. Um, and it comes in the tail end. I talked about those like first nine songs, but then the tail end of four, you get spaces, Stockholm syndrome, clouds, and then a couple, you know, kind of skips. Um, at the end, no album is perfect. Um, but yeah, I there's just something about Stockholm syndrome that fans just are obsessed with. And I remember it when we said that Harry performed it on his tour. He also like I think one of his very first solo performances, he was on Good Morning America in that pink suit. He still had like the Dunkirk haircut and he came out and did, I think Carolina and Stockholm Syndrome on Good Morning America. And like the clamor online 
when we realized that he was doing Stockholm Syndrome, like solo as a solo artist on Good Morning America in a pink suit in bell bottoms was like, like just like a top five fandom moment, I would say. (laughs) It was the realization that he still cared about One Direction because that's always the fear when artists go solo is that they're going to be like, I hate my band or like whatever. Mm -hmm. It was a realization that he still cared about One Direction and also he chose the fan favorite. <laughs> like right. he knows exactly what one's fans want. Of course he had a hand in writing it, so that's why he did it. But like he could have done any other song and he chose Stockholm Syndrome, which felt very special. Yes, I very think. dialed in. I have to ask yes. you while we're on this topic, obviously he's going on tour again very soon. Do you think he'll do any One Direction songs now that he has more? And they've all, almost all of them, not saying, but the other four have all performed One Direction songs solo, just a range of songs sort of on their first tours, which makes sense. They all didn't have that many solo songs. You had to flesh it out with something. Um, And usually they pick songs that they had a hand in writing. But now that Harry has two very popular albums, do you think he'll do a One Direction song, a new One Direction song? And if so, what do you think it will be? This question, by the way, was posed to me by my friend Erica Zamora. So shout out to her for asking this because I, I can't stop thinking about it now. It's so interesting. I think that he, I think that he will. I don't Mm -hmm. think it will be Stockholm Syndrome because he's already done that. Right. I can't think what the song would be. Do you think it would be Olivia? Just kidding. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so chaotic. People would would die. I would love to see it. (laughs) I want to be online that day. I'm not going to the concerts in America. I will be online waiting for it. Um, I don't know. That's such a good question. That's such a hard one. It's hard too because he likes to remix them. A little bit. Yeah. You know, he doesn't sing kind of the straight. Some of the other guys kind of sing more like the straight versions of the One Direction songs. But I think, you know, he did What Makes You Beautiful and like he's done a couple others. And I feel like he always. So it's so hard to predict because you can't pick the one that like sounds the most hairy because he can take really any of the songs and make them more hairy-esque. I would love to hear Where Do Broken Hearts Go, but that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're on this agenda now. You're using this as the agenda. I will say when when he has performed Stockholm Syndrome, obviously I love it. But I think what's missing when it's just him is he actually doesn't hit that big exactly. note, which mm-hmm. is the like, oh, that I mean, that was so out of tune, but the like very big, like yes. higher notes, because which is all of their voices together. Um, it's he a hard goes song low. to sing. It's a hard song to sing and you can yeah. tell. Uh, and he sings the next line low and mm-hmm. it sounds good, but it doesn't have the same right. like power to it mm-hmm. as it does in the recording of it. Yes. So but it's just like it's a reminder of like what we've lost you exactly know? <laughs> exactly it's one for us all right i want to yeah. do a lightning round really quick just okay. run through some quick topics before we run out of time so we've talked about our favorite one direction songs let's like i don't think we're going to piss anyone off because i think everyone's pretty much agreed on this what is the worst or your least favorite one direction song we agree on this little things to know how much you ate, you still love to squeeze into your jeans, but you're perfect to me. It's trash. That song's trash. It sucks. <laughs> I think that Ed Sheeran is a great artist. He's a great songwriter, but I have never liked a single song he's written for anyone else. Absolutely. Because they are the most basic of basic songs. And I think that the jokes about. What Makes You Beautiful, which is just like, wow, you're just highlighting like all the things this girl hates about herself. Like, really? It's that, but uh, but like reworked somehow and somehow more offensive because it feels like 
as if it's not that. I can't explain it any other way. It's almost as if like an intellectualized version of negging a girl. Yes, exactly. It's, yeah. neg- it's negging the song. I, I put yeah, the like you can't You can't squeeze into your jeans. It's like, right. all right, you don't, don't blast that out loud. Exactly. Exactly. These, I put the lyrics in my notes because I just wanted to highlight some uh, lowlights, which are, I know you've never loved the crinkle by your eyes. When you smile, you've never loved your stomach or your thighs, the dimples in your back at the bottom of your spine, but I'll love them endlessly. It's like, okay, congratulations. Um, and then later in the song, I know you never love the sound of your voice on tape. You never want to know how much you weigh. You still have to squeeze into your jeans, but you're perfect to me again. Just like peak negging, like get this out of my life. It's very like, no one else is going to love you for these things, but I will. Like I do. Congratulations. Like stick with me. And it's like, and I, and the thing is I understand how that would work for a certain demographic. I Mm -hmm don't think it should but I understand why it would be considered sweet but it isn't sweet for me no. when it came out because I was like I'm an adult I know I I don't need this <laughs> no <absolutely laughs> I see what you're not. doing it also yeah. just like didn't age well uh wasn't good no. at the time again also just like not a very good melody not a very good song also no. just like side note I have always disliked history something about and it's not even like the sadness of it being their history, last song yeah I don't like it I just something about that song I have just an extreme distaste for I think it was a stunt song and mm-hmm. I don't like it for that reason. Yeah. I don't think it highlights all the best things about them, which, yeah. I, know, I wish we could have gone out on a brighter note, but that's the one I yeah. we always have to hear. <laughs> um, okay, we talked about music videos, but and we talked about Night Changes. What are some other music video shout outs that we want to give? I personally, uh, you got it. I think we have to give it up for best song ever, which is maybe their... Yes. Uh, one of their silliest music videos. Um, we talked about Kiss You as well, but best song ever. Like they play all these roles and Zane's in drag and they're like at this agent's office, like Niall's doing an accent. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like very silly One Direction, uh, which is That was fun. them being given creative reign. Like <laughs> Liam was like, I want to play Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder. And they were like, sure, you make us so much money. You can do whatever you want. Right. We got a little bit of like silly Louie back, which is always fun. Like let him sort of yeah. flex his comedic chops. Like Liam having a great time. And this was, I think, a Ben Winston production, which is like a long time, like Harry collaborator now, like James Corden producer. He produced the Grammys. So yeah, a lot of a lot of history there, so to speak. But that's a fun one as well. I prefer other music videos, but that is like a big uh buzzy one. And then you I know you also wanted to shout out another music video. Story of my life mm. because I am such a sucker for anyone like recreating their childhood photos. <laughs> I will watch any YouTuber be like, I'm going to recreate my primary school photo. And I just thought it was very sweet. It's kind of like it's kind of executed like a little bit corny, like it's a little bit corny in places, but I do think them sort of like bringing their families in is so it's just absolute fast lane to my heart strings like I love the bit with Zane and his sister mm-hmm. and like Niall and his cricket jumper like those things is just I, I think it's very very sweet it is very sweet and I remember it was kind of everywhere when it came out like for yeah. some reason this music video was like a big deal like a lot of people were talking about it um, which- I think it was the family thing because mm-hmm. their families was such a big side character in their fame in mm-hmm. in different ways like Harry's sister um Gemma is mm-hmm. is sort of like famous in her own right and same with Louis but they but just the fact that they had these sort of like families I mean of course they did but it felt like they were as much part of the story as they were and so mm-hmm. then they brought them all in and it felt like oh now we're all together yes. yeah it felt like it a big very, moment very sweet 
we I think very clearly have agreed on the best album uh which is four. Full. It has to be. <laughs> yeah. I was like iffy on this. I was like, oh my God, it's so hard to choose. And then when I was looking at our song choices and like my song choices that I almost picked, it has to be four. It just, it start to finish. Incredible. I stuff. think four is the most listenable album as time goes on as well. I think mm-hmm. lots of the albums have great songs, but four is the most like consistently listenable. Agreed. I special time. shout out. I also do love Midnight Memories. Every now and then I'll just yeah. play Midnight Memories start to finish and be like, this is just great stuff. And I think they do have very strong albums just across the board. But yeah, it's got to be four. There's nothing else that it can be. Okay. Next lightning round question. This is uh, just something that I just really wanted to talk about from like a nerdy One Direction fan standpoint. Uh, what is the best One Direction cover song? And I chose this question because I wanted to talk about their 2013 uh, This Is Us movie in which they performed a cover of Teenage Dirtbag by Weedus. Uh, And this, I think, was the earliest instance of like Kate Hallowell, Harry Feelings. This, I again, was like very strongly a Louis girl, like in this 2013, 2012 era. But something about this performance, he like is at the very beginning of his rocker phase he's got kind of like the t-shirt the hair is kind of starting to grow out a little bit uh they're covering this kind of like grungy indie rock song and he starts out with those lyrics like my name is noel uh or her name is noel excuse me her name is noel and they have like all these like comic book edits they like turn them into superheroes it's really hard to describe uh but this cover is so good it's so catchy zane and liam are just like going off on the ad libs Niles there with his guitar. It just gives me everything that I wanted. I didn't so know I wanted. Niles there with the guitar. It's such a, like, <laughs> funny. always there. Always there always with his acoustic guitar. But yeah, they just like yell, oh yeah, dirtbag over and over at the top of their lungs. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever witnessed. Because Teenage Dirtbag is such a cathartic song. Yes. Like it really is. And I feel like for a generation as well, it was like, oh, I'm I'm also a Teenage Dirtbag. Even though like, <laughs> I don't think any of us were. Um, it's just this feeling of like solidarity, even though I don't think yes. it was warranted. Um, yes. And so to have the faves do it as well, you're like, yes, <laughs> representation. Yeah, it was just a great fit for them too. It just, yeah. I, especially sort of in comparison to the one you're about to talk about. Like they don't always pick songs <laughs> that are great uh, for their sound. <laughs> But Teenage Dirtbag definitely yeah. was. We chose different ends of the spectrum. We on this, did, this which is question. good. That's that's what you want yeah. from a content. Our first difference as a <laughs> as a pair. Um, yes. I chose, and I th- I actually wanted to take it back to my well, the expertise that I can bring as a Brit, which is watching them on the X Factor. And actually, when you watch them on the X Factor, actually, when you watch anyone on the X Factor, it is incredible how anyone has a career. No songs <laughs> have ever been worth. <laughs> worse produced than the covers that they do on the X Factor. I know that they had a week to do them, but my God, they are awful. And <laughs> you, you watch One Direction, you're like, wow, they made something out of like, this is not great. But um, around Halloween on the X Factor, because it would always be sort of like a winter series, they would do a show over the Halloween week and they would do costumes. They would choose kind of creepy songs or like dramatic songs. And they got them to sing Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> Which actually doesn't sound terrible. I just wanted to to uh, pinpoint it because their styling in it is so funny. I thought you would appreciate this, Kate, um, as the person I send Twilight memes to. Yes. Um, they have given them the jankiest um, 
Twilight, like vampire makeup in the world. It's like uh, slightly too pale. Uh, Niall has this red eyeliner on where he looks like he's got pink eye. And Zane has got like the two fang marks on his neck with some red blood. It's like when you have a costume party and someone shows up in like the worst vampire costume you've ever seen. And you're like, you honestly should have just come not in a costume. Like this has annoyed me more that you didn't even try. (laughs) And it was just really obvious that they wanted them to still be hot. So they didn't want to like put too much on them because some of the other contestants have like crazy like outfits and headpieces and all these things. But then they were like, no, no. Like yeah. they're hot and that right. that we cannot lose that. So I just wanted to pinpoint their early days, like peak, oh my God. peak cringe. And like now knowing what we know about Zayn hating it, like I feel most sorry for Zayn yes. in, this, in this whole thing. But oh it's, it's quite wonderful to watch. Yeah, I watched this today for the first time and could not believe my eyes. <laughs> I was in right? awe. First of all, and they're so cute and they're trying so yeah, hard. Yeah, they're so young. They're and so young. They, it's the... Like Liam is like bleeding from one eye. <laughs> it's like, where did this come from and why? Oh, it's they should have like, just made shows, them. It shows the judges and they're like very seriously nodding along. It's like, oh my yeah. god. And how they did didn't know here? how to harmonize no. in X Factor Day, so they all just sing one note, and mm-hmm. it sounds terrible because that always sounds terrible. And their voices work so well together when they're at different tones, but not like when they're trying to match tone. So yeah, it's just, it's a really funny sort of like look at their inception. It makes you, it makes you appreciate them a lot more. It really does. what they created after. We have come so far uh, from so little. Okay, last, last lightning round question. Uh, I just did this to embarrass us because we can. What was your personal most embarrassing One Direction fandom moment? I'll go first because you actually have a good one. I just vividly remember for some reason when I was like 16, I had a Pinterest board of like One Direction tattoos and not like the tattoos that the One Direction boys had, like actual like tattoos that fans had. And I have never gotten a tattoo. I probably never will get a tattoo. There's really no part of me that has ever really wanted a tattoo. Just like it's not really something that I see in my future. But for some reason, when I was 16, I had this Pinterest board and I like vividly remember like those little like heart heartbeat monitors, you know, those tattoos where it's like, it looks like the heart rate monitor, but then like in the middle of it, it'll say like directioner, you know? (laughs) And I remember seeing that and being like, wow, like that's the level of my emotion. Like that's how I feel about this group. Was that the one that you were going to get? Like that for some reason, like that's the one that's in my head as I remember seeing that, that image and being like, that is how I feel. Like I could put this on my body. I never really, I don't think ever intended to, but for some reason like that, I don't know where the board went. I do not have it anymore. Unfortunately, I would have loved to look at it. Um, But I did have a board of one direction inspired fan tattoos that for some reason I felt like were worth saving. So do you have any One Direction tattoos? I know you have some fandom tattoos. I don't have a One Direction one. Damn. I don't know what I would get for One Direction. I feel like I probably would more likely get a Harry Styles tattoo. But mm. I, but even then, I don't really know. He hasn't Yours really got pretty, the iconography. Like, right. Yours are pretty like subtle and classy. Like I feel like you would get something that's are like they? very <laughs> tangentially that's related. Very, you haven't seen my most embarrassing tattoos, of which about seventy percent of them are my one. Like I don't show. We will uh, we'll circle on that uh, off yeah. mic, and I will retrieve some pictures. But um, all right, to wrap it up, give me your like full circle most embarrassing, like biggest One Direction yeah. fandom moment. 
So my embarrassing moment was not when they were together, because like I said, like a lot of my being a fan was just sort of like in my own head. Um, but a few years ago, like two and a half years ago, I interviewed Liam Payne and he, I never interviewed Zane. I've never interviewed Zane, but because I started my job as like a celebrity re- interviewer, I think probably about six months after he left. So he then has gone very quiet. Mm-hmm. But I interviewed all the other members of One Direction in various capacities. And Liam was my last one. And um, yeah, it just was... Very, he's very, very funny and he's very chatty and like he's just a menace. And yeah, I interviewed him like right after lunch and <laughs> I'm like a baby and I just go so loopy when I'm digesting. So it's the worst <laughs> time for me to, so the worst time for me to do an interview because I just like, I'm so tired and I'm sleepy. Um, but I tried to say to him like, oh, I'm I'm in a post-lunch slump. And that is a really hard phrase to say, especially when you're like <laughs> sitting opposite someone that used to have a poster of in your room. So I said post-lunch slut. And oh, that no. apparently, <laughs> I know. And then like my, my colleague like screamed off mic and was like, what? Um, and that just made the whole interview descend into chaos. And there is video, there's a video evidence of the whole thing because it just was like, it was kind of funny. But we both, like the interview went off the rails. He was like, unable to speak we both were going like really red and it was just it was one of the last like proper celebrity interviews I did like regularly and it was just like such a way out (laughs) because I was like there's there's no usable there's no usable stuff from this interview like I didn't get any scoops I didn't get any like (laughs) didn't get anything just a post-lunch slut that's it just laugh it's just laughter and at the end he was like we make really good radio we should have a radio show together and I was like Liam call me because we could do it uh he never did call me I'm glad you included this because we did not give Liam as much love as he deserves uh yes on this podcast but great guy Liam Payne always has been incredibly charming and underrated in my opinion I think so too he's a silly boy he talks a lot but he is so sweet like he doesn't mean any harm ever do you know what I mean like he'll just Mm -hmm. go along with anything and that was like I think if that had happened with I think if that had happened with any other of the members, it probably would have been really embarrassing, but actually it ended up being like a very funny like interview moment. He One of my top five it. interview moments of all time, I think. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. On that note, yeah. I think we have to wrap up our uh, fangirl fest. Lucy, <laughs> it has been an honor and a privilege to finally Yay. podcast with you. And again, if you guys couldn't tell from like the last hour of chaos, this is just like all we text about all the time. So (laughs) if you made it through just like our DM history, essentially, which was this podcast, um, thank you for listening. Uh, Huge shout out and huge thanks to Kai McMullen, our producer, for turning this into something listenable. Thank you to Lucy for braving our time zone differences. Uh, And thank you so much for listening to another episode of Ringer Dish. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.